Here we go. Yeah. All right. Three songs. Three songs. It's three songs. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. And Dimitri. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. Three songs. Three songs. That's right. Episode 141, Three Songs Pod. December 2nd, 2020, we have special guest Dimitri Samaroff joining Bob Nastanovich and Mike Hogan. Welcome, Dimitri. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on the show. I'm a big fan. Yeah. It's pl- oh, no way. Pleasure to have oh, I've, you. I've listened to every episode. I swear. Oh, man. So, yeah. Dimitri, it's, it's so cool because after episodes... I yeah, I, I haven't either. <laughs> well, you don't have to. Yeah. Um, well, some I don't want to. It's it's so cool, Dimitri, because basically since we started doing this, you would listen to shows and then you would often reply with sketches of your work of some of the bands that we played on the show. Yeah, that's sort of that's my weird way of participating in these things and in music, basically. Is so for years and years I've been drawing bands live. Uh, I've been doing it for, I don't know, 30 years about, and I even put out a book of these things with memories connected, but uh, yeah, it was, it's a, it's a way for me to listen and to kind of concentrate better, and I'm, I'm primarily a, a painter, you know, an artist, so it's a way for me to be, like, closer to the music, and on your show, I mean, you guys play a very, pretty regularly stuff that I recognize or have some personal uh connection with so i get excited cool. about that and i yeah i bombard mike's email with these <laughs> with my doodles yeah I and you have it. a new um you have a, a a current book you release books i do uh uh self-release the, them or do you self-release them or uh I, i've done both uh so the, the book i was talking about it's called music to my eyes and it came out actually about a year and a half ago and it's a uh, it's a it collects about thirty years of uh of sketches of uh live bands and musicians and then my writing and kind of recollections about that and personal stories and kind of vignettes and stuff. Cool. But, yeah. And how do we get like how do we get that? Like what's the website or uh pretty much all the, these these last few books and my artwork you can get on my website, which is uh Dimitrisamrov dot com. There's a store there. Uh, Dimitri is spelled D-M-I-T-R-Y. It's a weird spelling, and I've sort of been correcting it ever since I got to this country. Because <laughs> most people slap an I on the end of Dimitri. Which, yeah, it should... It, it like Del Dimitri, make... but like Del Dimitri. Yeah, well, yeah what, what happened was that, you know, um, my family moved, uh, me and my family moved uh, to the United States from the Soviet Union in 1978, and my parents transliterated the name, you know, and, it, and a D and an M at the beginning of a, a word or a, a name makes sense in Russian. It, it does not in English. <laughs> and Wait, so, yeah. You think with like the like, there's been like so many athletes named Dimitri, you know, mm. 
um, tennis, basketball, that kind yeah. of thing. It's a pretty common Russian name, isn't it? Like it is, it is. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it comes it comes from Greek as a lot of Russian based names because they share a church, the Orthodox Church. But I heard from a Greek person years ago that it's Dimitri is Jimmy in Greek. There so you go. It's, yeah. it's a basic. It's some some variant on James, I guess. Right. Uh, well, yeah. um, there's. Let uh, me ask you a question. Did your family come straight to Chicago? No, no. Uh, my family actually lives in the Boston area. They live just in Brookline, just outside of Boston. Okay. Yeah. And when did you when did you move to Chicago? Uh, I moved to Chicago originally in 1990 to go to art school. Oh, for uh, yeah. to, to SAIC. Uh, the the same school that one of the uh, artists that I'll be playing later went to, and cool. we actually went there at the same time, but didn't know each other. But that's for later. Uh, yeah, so I I'm, I came here for art school, moved away for moved back to Boston for a few years, uh, drove a cab, uh, and then Whoa. came to Chicago. I I drove a cab for a total of twelve years, and I have a book that's, about that. That's too. a lot. That's a yeah. lot. Yeah, it's a it's a big chunk of my working career. Uh, is yeah, yeah. So I have a lot of those stories, which are also gather, gathered. In I mean, book. I drove a bus for four years, and like four years of bus driving's a long time. So twelve <laughs> years of cab driving in Boston's a long time. Well, three three in Boston and nine in Chicago. Whoa, man, what? big city cab driver. We got a big city cab driver and illustrator. And you've done <laughs> yes. a lot of like album covers and stuff. I've done some album covers. I'd like to do more. Uh, so like, yeah, all the. The music I picked was uh, I did artwork for the bands, a uh, cool. couple of album covers, and then like a, just a, a drawing insert kind of thing. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'd love to do more. I mean, like music is a huge part of my life, but uh, I, I do painting drawings. I do pet portraits. I do all kinds of shit <laughs> to get. <laughs> well, by. I mean, you got to make a living, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good to have like you know at home work and you know that kind of thing like these days because. Oh, yeah. All I do is piddle around and um, and uh, gamble on frivolous sporting events and um, <laughs> other things. You well, know. yeah, I mean, make let me food. You, <laughs> you know, <laughs> those are all valuable things. Those are good Thank things. You. But uh, yeah. entertaining. No, it it took me many many years to humble myself enough to do things like pet portraits. Uh, the younger version of me would never stoop so low, you know. But uh, <laughs> these days, I measure it all against. Would I rather draw a portrait of, a, of somebody's dog or drive a cab? And the dog always wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I would imagine pet portraits. You're going to kick it off for us tonight with um, one of your uh, one of the artists you've done some work for that you know personally as well. Yes. Uh, so th- this is this is a band that I probably go furthest back with, just in in my personal as a fan. Uh, uh, it's a band called the Cheater Slicks, which started in Boston in the mid to late 80s and uh the first time i saw them was in boston at a club called the rat with with my fake id there you go legendary legendary venue did you ever go to the rat bob no no oh oh, you never went there yeah, no, uh, I. No, the yeah. only time I've ever been to Boston is I saw one, a game once when I was a kid at Fenway. Um, oh, okay, that's my only Boston experience. I've uh, never been to Fenway, but I've been to many places in um, in Boston and Cambridge. I guess I'd be most familiar with the Middle East. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Which you must have seen dozens of shows there. Many, many. TT the Bears. Middle TT East. the Bears for sure. Right around Take the corner. All, yeah. Yeah. All those. Uh, all those places, yeah, very familiar with. But 
familiar with, but a long time ago. So I basically, I haven't lived in Boston since uh, 97. So when you I, saw Cheater Slicks at the Rat, like how, when you, with your fake ID, how old were you, like 17? Yeah, 17 or 18. Yeah. yeah. And this was so, the Cheater Slicks, they're, the lineup they've had most of their existence is the two brothers, Dave and Tom on guitar and uh, Dana Hatch on drums. And three piece. Three piece. But early on, they had, they had bass players. They tried out bass players and none of them stuck. One of the bass players was Merle Allen, Gigi Allen's brother. Woo. Uh, so they 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 have a they have an interesting history and they yeah they they it's a it's a band that like I feel like I've sort of been with almost since their beginning so they mean a lot to me but they're like honor roll for me oh okay no exist right well cheater slicks still do exist in some in some form uh they they hide for a while and then they come back but uh, about the same time that I moved uh, to Chicago for good in the late 90s they moved back to columbus ohio which is where they're from and they've been there ever since and i've since gotten to know them a little bit and uh they even used uh, a drawing of mine that i did at one of their shows uh as an insert for the record cool. for the record uh their last studio record came out in 2012 and uh and they used a drawing of mine for the insert uh, in that one um awesome and the song called Love Ordeal. Oh. It's from this that is record. It's 2012 right? release, yeah. Yeah, it's called uh, Reality is a Grape is the name of the record. Cool. All right. Let's play Fantastic. it. I know you're cheating.
<laughs> They're still bringing it, huh? Man. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. They haven't mellowed out. Uh. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, as as my friend Gary Young would say, that band makes a hell of a racket. They do. Uh, <laughs> it, it's interesting though to watch. I mean, because you know I've been going to see them since the '80s, and uh, yeah, probably into the '90s. Uh, I, they would, you know, they would come on, and there was usually not much of a crowd, and whatever crowd was there would start backing up. You know, when they start would start to play. Yeah, it must have been really loud. But. Uh, as, as time has gone, liars and stuff like they must yeah. have been liars, and they had to been you know it's Columbus. They, you know, they, there's there's bands. There's a scene for that in Columbus. You know, Ron House and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of part of the Columbus tradition, for sure. Yeah, but that uh, full they, on like wild frenzy like garage. Yeah, uh, madness. I, not, not you know, not not that they're you know, <laughs> playing stadiums or anything, but they found uh, you know they they have a fan base now, and it's it's a small fan base, but it's pretty dedicated, and uh, they they seem to enjoy themselves more than they used to, you know, at least from from the outside, you know, and just as people. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. Good. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they've been they've been just they've been at it for you know over thirty years now. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. And they would have like they would have maybe played this year sort of band. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, they yeah, I think they're getting ready to put out something else. Uh I think that they're usually uh more a lot of their stuff is on in the red. Uh that that record wasn't, but uh I think that's their usual that's the label that's put out mo- more th- more of their stuff than anything anybody else. Cool. In the red out of California. Was that a, a vinyl only release? Uh, I think so. Yeah, they. I know they hand silk screened the covers, and so all the covers are different. It, it was on a label that no longer exists called uh, Columbus, Imp- uh, something Discount Records or something. Mm, and right. it's, it's friends of theirs. Uh, uh, I know Tom. Uh, up until very recently, maybe still, if the store is open, uh, works at a at a used uh, record store. He sort of handles like estate stuff like big you know mm-hmm. collections uh they're all like they're all sort of you know record obsessives they're the the houses are just filled with records right. you know and yeah yeah it's a weird got, way to live yeah <laughs> but <laughs> Those yeah they're still around yeah they're lifers yeah yeah badass well anyways we'll make a transatlantic flight here yeah yeah i'll go to uh birmingham in england the band that started in the late 70s, fronted by um, all, originally all three members of a band called the Prefects. I'm going to play the Nightingales. Uh, they're pretty famous frontman, Robert Lloyd. Um, I'll play one off of, uh, I think, I can't, I know it was recorded like many years before it came out in 2019. But as far as I know, it's on a double album called No Love Lost. No Love Lost. And this is the Nightingales, the book of Write On.
karate kicked it in the face Felt the fucking shallow work Is the work that I do And if you want to sit at my table you find me willing And able shallow thoughts Are the thoughts that I do And we should shine a light on A light on The bucket right on right on It was right on We should shine a light on A light on The bucket right on right on It was right on You see my friends It's all that I lack Do you want to ride On my back Or am I not fit For man or beast You got your feet Under my table Ten points of scrapbook For fable My friends must have killed her With a spell and beast Yeah, man, um, that band uh, has done more, or Robert Lloyd himself has done more Peel sessions than anybody else. Oh, yeah. Really? Which is kind of a funny little trivia question. But uh, yeah, Tiny Global Productions, which is a label that uh, puts out really interesting stuff. They put out stuff by the Band of Holy Joy, who I've really liked uh, quite a bit over the years, and The Gist, of course, and um, just a very uh, well-crafted uh, I like the way he purrs when he sings there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Bob, that? Bob, have you? Did you ever see them play? No, no, no. I, no. I actually got to see them. Uh, they did a, uh, I don't know how many reunions or whatever, but it was about yeah, twelve, thirteen years ago. In I was Chicago. gonna say, like Cheater Slicks, they still kind of you know rev their engine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they were great. I the, I I have I think I bought a record or something, a compilation from them that didn't sound exactly like that the thing i i heard sounded a little bit more in the kind of the fall kind of ballpark yeah they've done plenty of that for sure yeah and you could tell they're kind of from that same era but they're they're great uh that kind of had like an xtc like you know mid to late period xtc mm-hmm. vibe to me you know like 
but uh, how were they live? Really good. I mean, solid. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I did a was sketch Chicago? at the show. Yeah, in Chicago at the Beat Kitchen. Uh, I don't know if it's if you've ever been to the Beat Kitchen. It's a, yeah. It's a, it's a it's a long time club. Uh, it's a weird club, but uh, I, I, where is it? What part of town? It's on the north side on Belmont Avenue. Um, it's a, it's a little bit off the beaten path, but uh, it's somehow hung on. It's not it's not one of the main places that you know like the kind of indie bands would play. But uh, every now and again, they get this a show worth seeing, like the Nightingales. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll keep on keeping on here during these arduous times for small venues. Yeah, yeah. But how's yeah. Chicago doing with that? Like, um, have you heard of any like significant closings or anything like that? Uh, a, lo- a lot of restaurants and a lot of uh, a bunch of bars. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, the bar I work at. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say that, but uh, they're I, on I the ropes. They might be on the ropes. Is what you're gonna say? Yeah, uh, I I mean they're you know bars that take cash only that don't have you know uh, reserved seating or anything. That right. kind of depend on people mingling and mixing, like the empty uh, bottle. I, well, yeah. Uh, which, yeah, I, I used to work. I worked at the restaurant right next to the empty bottle for about a year. Uh, bite, which which is now just closed and turned into a gourmet takeout pizza place. In, yeah. In response they're, they're, to Corona, because because Chicago needs another. Gourmet yes, takeout we need more place. pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, no, but the empty but, bottle. Yeah, I think it'll survive. I mean, you'd like to think it'll survive. Well, uh, the empty bottle is owned by a guy that owns a restaurant empire at this point, so it's oh, fine. Okay, so they're fine. If, yeah, if they're he wants fine. to keep it open, it'll be open. But you know, it's a yeah. little bit different than some other places. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I got a lot of sketches done in, the, in that book I mentioned at the empty bottle and other places like that. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, we'll we'll put up a picture of that Nightingale's um, sketch on the. On the page, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. Send it along. Thanks, man. I'll post yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks, Dimitri. I, cool. So, Bob, I hadn't ever heard the Nightingales. Uh, they're just a complete blind spot for me, so I will check them out. Uh, I had no well, idea. Well, like, you know, like Dimitri said, they're kind of like, you know, there's a lot of variety there for a band that's been around for, well, you know, 40 years, you know. Sure. So, yeah. a lot yeah, of the, material, the, you know. Yeah, vibe I got mostly uh, from the from the recording that I listened to in the, in the show is kind of like a more, a, a more melodic fall or, you know, fall or like gang of four, that kind mm-hmm. of sound, you know, that's right is, up my alley. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I think you'd sound. really and like he, it. Like Stranglers He's a very kinda. like a uh, commanding lead singer, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, charismatic fellow, hmm. pretty intense, good hmm. wordsmith. Your okay. kind of guy, Robert Lloyd. I yeah. will, I will definitely check them out. I'm completely unaware absolutely unaware so it sounds like it's right put it together mike you know you've you've never played anything that um me and dimitri haven't heard so play one now (laughs) i will i'm gonna gonna go like dimitri i'm gonna play someone who was not born in in chicago but uh eventually settled there after moving around a little bit uh and and is associated with chicago um, the odd lure, the odd lure of Chicago. The, the lure of Chicago. I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a casts a strange spell on a lot of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Must, must be the weather. Well, well, this guy, this guy didn't travel as far. He didn't, he didn't come from as Moscow. I sit, as I, as I sit here shivering in Des Moines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I'm talking about the legendary blues man, Little Walter. Who oh, you're born... turning back the pages. I'm, I'm going back to the 50s with this one. He was born in Hell Louisiana. Yeah, he bounced around the South a little before settling in Chicago, working with a lot of the Chicago blues greats and recording for chess records and um this is a song that came out in the mid 50s written by willie dixon but this is the original version the first recording of it which become a bit of a blues classic um it's the song's called mellow down easy yeah a little while back through and dig out all the old blues artists that I had been meaning to play but just hadn't yet and little little Walter was kind of the top of the list no I love it when you amp up your blues game <laughs> I mean, that was you know I mean that's that's falls in the category of nothing not to like classic stuff you know, you know and <laughs> yeah. of course yeah. he did he did songs like boom 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 out go the lights and my babe and you know, continued recording uh, on into the late '60s when he passed away. Uh, not where was he? Uh, where was he originally from? He was from Louisiana, 
and he you know kind of played around the south quite a bit before moving on up to um chicago in the i think the late 40s maybe um but yeah he, which just seems like just such like a not that's where you know i guess that's where the money was you yeah know, like for for sure for electric you know, that blues was certainly the yeah. the pattern you know yeah ab- absolutely yeah. and i mean he died pretty young you know i mean he was 38 when he passed away um and yeah. he was the chicago like uh dimitri does chicago still have like a live blues tradition like let's say up through 2019 you know it's it's really been fading and fading and fading uh like you know like the the chicago blues festival used to be a bigger deal and it's gotten smaller and smaller and they used to be a lot more clubs kind of catering towards uh you know tourists but most of them yeah. have really have been closing the last 10, 15 years. I mean, when I first got to Chicago in the early 90s when I was still in art school, I went to this legendary place called the Checkerboard Lounge to see a guy named Magic Slim and the Teardrops. And Magic Slim played with Muddy Waters. He's just kind of from that tradition. But what, what these guys would do is, you know, they had to play like three sets a night. You know, it was work. They play, oh, yeah. so, so they would just get anybody from the crowd to just go up there and fucking sing. So the oh, night shit, I went yeah. there, it was on the <laughs> south side of Chicago in this neighborhood that I didn't know anything about. And there was these kind of thin rock star looking white guys in the corner. And sure enough, they go up there and it's the Black Crows. <laughs> no shit, it was, really. It was so fucking obnoxious. It was, and, you know, they played as if they were playing. They were already it. famous then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so they were. Just I, didn't, I, off. I didn't know who they were because you know I'm a, I'm a snob. But and you still do. They they're they're obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, you know that, that like uh, I lived in Louisville for a long time, and Louisville has used to have this really great live blues tradition, which I'm not sure really exists. And like you'd go like to these places. <clears throat> Britt Walford knew all of them, and like he sort of knew the whole. Uh, blues community there which was pretty awesome and um he's a great drummer so like he'd get invited up to play drums with him and just like you know just be be britain and a bunch of old bluesmen and like he would i mean he he shares those moments so so much and i I saw that that on a few occasions it was pretty magical like you know yeah and uh, i'm not sure if louisville still has much of that going on you know so that just like you know that hopefully uh (laughs) <laughs> that kind of thing will come back. Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Going to see the blues, you know, because like you know, it's, it's obviously you can play it all you want on your turntable or on this show or whatever. But like, just like a lot of music, um, it's it's made to be listened to live. It's mm-hmm. live music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably one of my favorite music memories was uh, as a. Yeah, probably 18, 19-year-old seeing uh, John Lee Hooker at a blues festival, at a very lame blues festival in, in Massachusetts. But it was John Lee Hooker, you know? Right. Yeah. It, was, it was for He was a very old man, and he sat through most of the set. But, you know, you, know, you could just... That was, it was connecting to, you know, the whole history of music in America, you know? And that one yeah. guy. It was amazing. I'm sure, Eric Bartlam, I'm sure Eric Bartlam in Mississippi we've had on the show could tell us if, like, you know, the... the Incredible juke joint tradition in Mississippi is still going on because mm-hmm. I t- attended those a few times and that was pretty pure. I mean, yeah. it's pretty full on. But in Louisville, when you'd see the blues music, you'd just be sitting at a table drinking a beer, like 
watching the music and and um and uh someone would they wouldn't accept the fact that you're just sitting there drinking a beer like a woman would ask you to dance you know mm-hmm. and then you, so you'd have to get up and i'm like i can't dance you know and, <laughs> and, and my partner could and uh within the course of two or three minutes uh she'd bring it out of you you know she she'd get you she'd get you dancing as best she could <laughs> <laughs> Which was pretty embarrassing, and then you sit down like just with a shit eating grin on your face, you know, and and uh, amble up and order other beer, you know. <laughs> but uh, anyways, thanks for bringing the little Walter. Yeah, little Walter played with uh, Muddy Waters, you know, played with uh, Buddy Guy, legendary Otis Otis Rush, uh, you know, legendary Chicago blues man, died in his sleep, age thirty eight. I'm sure there are like there has to be like just blues only music podcasts. Probably one would hope. Yeah. One would think. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm sure they're so. more knowledgeable than us on well, the well, I, subject. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, there's. Me. Yeah, I mean, Buddy Guy's still around, and he's still got a club in Chicago. Uh, he doesn't play here that often, but he does, you know, a few times a year. Yeah. So he's yeah he's a connection to that time. That's cool. Sure. That's cool. You got Very that humming. All right, but what what are you going to do for us next, Dimitri? Oh, it's, I'm up. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, the my, uh, second choice is uh, a, a woman named Azita Yusefi, who Bob knows, I think. Right, Bob? Yeah, and Bob's, you know, I think, Bob, you knows. played you played Azita on the podcast you played a little Azita while back. Before, right? Not this song, and I don't think from this record, but you've, you've definitely played her. And she's a member of the Scissor Girls. Yep, uh, that was her early, one of her early bands was the Scissor Girls. So her and I, it turns out, were at, in art school at pretty much exactly the same time, but we ran in different circles and didn't get to know each other till later, till basically till I was working at that restaurant next to the empty bottle, and she was she would come in all the time, and so we got we got to talking, and one night at I think it was late in 2003 at the empty bottle. It was like midnight or one in the morning. She came up to me and asked if I wanted to do a painting for her album cover uh, and that it was due in a week. <laughs> and it, it turned out out to be a very intense week uh, in which I did three three versions of this uh, watercolor of this fly with a city on the back of it. And it's for, it's for a record that Drag City put out in 2004 called Life on the Fly. It was a. She's a she's a a unique and intense individual. I'm very happy to know her and uh, very uh, interested in whatever she puts out because she she puts her own stamp on it, whatever it is, and it's changed a lot over the years. Sure. The, yeah. Her sound. I, I really. I mean, I I definitely have the Scissor Girls uh, seven inches and. The album that they put out, I think they only put out one, maybe two, but uh, I, I kind of don't really know her solo stuff that well, and I think that's on me because I, I think I need to check it all out. So, thanks for the reminder. Let's let's play it. Yeah, it's called uh, "In the Vicinity" off "Life on the Fly." Broke, took a poke, but we leave 
Bless your luck, bless your pet when you don't give a fuck the reason why. Kill the light on those crippled hills. In the vicinity, no prescription Tasteful, Zita. Yeah, yeah, it's the Astro Gilberto side of the magnificent Azidi Yusefi. Well, yeah, it's not, it's not the quite the Scissor Girls, but <laughs> so what? What she told me when in that intense week that I was working on the record cover is uh, her sort of touchstone was Steely Dan. She was really into Steely Dan then, so that's kind of what that'll she was, happen to people. <laughs> and and that's what she was going for, and she she dives way deep into whatever she's into and she cut she kind of reinterprets it and it comes out still as her you know because she's unique <laughs> yeah did you see scissor girls back in the day because you were around for that no no i just wasn't i wasn't in her scene she was like in the kind of experimental out there mm-hmm. uh, art school scene and i was in uh like polar opposite i was doing figure painting like painting from life i was doing yeah, that's how you went to art school with yeah yeah, but Azita was there the same years as me. Um, yeah, from Which ninety what to school? What school 90, was it? The School of the Art Institute of Chicago. It's the yeah. it's there, it's the one that's connected to the big museum. Yeah, yeah. How was that for you? Good, right? Not bad. Uh, I mean, mixed bag. But uh, I, you know, I I made some friends. Uh, a couple of people that I'm still friends with. So there's that. Uh, that's cool. What years? But, yeah, were you there? Uh, 90 to 93. I okay. graduated in 93. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, with, yeah, that's right. With a BFA, which qualified me to become a cab driver, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, same thing. Yeah, I got a Bachelor of Arts in American Government from University of Virginia, and it qualified me to be a New York City bus driver. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and I what got, about you, Mike? I like, got a uh, Bachelor of Arts English major from Santa Clara University. It qualified me to be a pizza maker. Uh, yeah, oh, my yeah. first job, yeah. and then so and then we, work at Kinkos. If you had yeah. stuck with that, Mike, you'd be a billionaire now. Pizzas I, explode. I, yeah, I guess it depends. <laughs> it depends on on how. I mean, I was basically like you start out at the pizza place that mm. I was at. It was Tracktown Pizza in Eugene, Oregon, right across from the university, mm. and they had like assembly line. You there was the person that would do the dough and then they would put it on like one of those paddles those wooden paddles and pass sure. it down to somebody that would add the 
the sauce and cheese, and then they would pass it down to somebody that added all the toppings, and then they would pass it to somebody that would load the pizza into these ovens that were timed um, for like eight minutes. They were on rollers, and they would go through the oven and come out the other side to someone who would monitor if the pizzas were coming too fast because they were slightly undercooked and they need to throw them back in for a minute. I would or have been so. good at that. That's what I would have invested. Or at. or going judging too, too judging slow, in which case yeah, they have to speed them up. And then that person that manned that would also cut it and throw it in the box and put it either for delivery or pickup or or they would put it on um, a pizza tray for somebody mm. that was out in the um, you know in right. So when you went into work, did you know like First of all, which skill were you best at? Well, the, the good at all. You're, was, a, you're a pizza was, dilettante. There was definitely a hierarchy, and the hierarchy had to do with a bit of seniority. And because I only right. worked at the pizza place for maybe about a year, or a little less, and and actually even lower on the you're totem making pole. bank. Yeah, lower on the totem pole than that um, <laughs> was the dishwasher. Uh, oh, that's or, the job I want. Or the busser you know, where you're clearing the tables. Uh, and then there was also the, the cashier. And so on my side, like I never, I don't think I ever made it up to the, 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 the top the, part, the, the pizza judge, the, the top part of the hierarchy was <laughs> that pizza judge who's, who's yeah. taking them off and determining whether or not they're suitable for, for actual, consumption or they need to go with his like index finger placed on his chin staring at the pie somewhat yeah yeah, exactly um and was he a jolly man in a toque though um no yeah yeah yeah, no it it tended a stone 25 year old graduate that's that's exactly (laughs) right right. in 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 a in a uh, noise band called two minutes hate you know yeah 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 in eugene oregon um yeah and then of course there were the drivers. I did a I did a tiny bit of driving, not much. Um, the driving was really hard on the car, but of course you got the tips. Um, yeah. And and the one here's the one thing I learned, and it's still like still like good knowledge for today. Is, is um, still resonates. We're listening. Whenever there's a mistake. If there's if there's one pizza delivery mistake, there's two pizza delivery mistakes. Interesting. Because if you delivered the pizza wrong to one place, it means you delivered you got them mixed up. So yeah, you know you. Well, yeah, no, I was listening to, on the radio the other day. Um, I listened to um, English racing radio in the morning, and this one guy, I guess, his groceries delivered was telling a story about how. Um, he got like half of his order, but he didn't get the other half. And the, the guy who delivered his groceries sort of stood there confused and like realized that he dropped this pundit's bag at a different place. Right. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. the people like who got yep. the extra bag of groceries had already like kind of put it in their cupboards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like so the kid went back and collected that bag. And they'd already kind of taken apart half the order. And they're like, whoa, bonus groceries. Yeah. And then so the kid took the stuff and kind of like threw it in the box and brought it back over. And this guy kind of told a really amusing story about like, 
you know, packets of, of chips that have been like kind of taken apart. And the guy was like trying to get away with it, you know, like, <laughs> yes. like everything, everything was like out of their packages and stuff like that. I, th- I right. thought it really amusing. Well, and, um, and the pizza version of it was free pie because what it meant was you had yeah. to remake yeah. both of them and re-deliver both of them. So, you know, if you got the wrong pizza, you were pissed because it wasn't what you ordered, but you know, t- 10, 20, 30 minutes later, however long it took to get it out there, yeah. you'd get a brand new pie. So, yeah, no, it's interesting because, like, you know, in this world of takeout and delivery that we all live in, um, you know, or even like going into the restaurant and picking up your order, mm-hmm. um, you often, not often, but it, on occasion, get the wrong thing. And then you're like, oh, wow, I got the wrong thing. And sometimes, like, you pick up your bag and it's way heavier mm, than yeah. it should be. And then you just kind of get it in the car and you get home. And you're like, whoa, we got somebody else's stuff. And then you're kind of, like, amazed at, like, how gross the stuff they ordered was. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, right. Then you get the call from the restaurant. Right. like, yep. And, yep. you know, you don't answer anonymous numbers and stuff then you realize it's the restaurant calling over and over again then you just whatever you just kind of, <laughs> it's one of these think you know life is strange but yeah it's a brave brave new you know, world yeah yeah precision is like you know part of the game but uh, anyways tremendous um discussion about assembly line pizza and eugene mike um you're, you're well. all inspired by azita somehow how how did yeah we... <laughs> I don't know I we I, I guess we got we got there thrilled. we got there because of uh, you know what our degrees yeah. did for us as far as yeah if only Azita was here to interject her own um, uh, chapter to this type of story I'm sure I, it would be very good yeah. I could try calling her up but probably not a good idea <laughs> yeah um, yeah Sizzler Girls I noticed she put something up today like they are demos yeah like they're yeah. putting a final thing of demos mm-hmm. up. I ordered mine today huh. you did. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Get that in the house. Get that in the house she's, for the uh, holidays. She's season. also got a. She she has a new record in the can. It should be out soon, but I think COVID pushed it on all. The back. old Drag City. Yeah, on Drag City. Yeah, it's it's supposed to come out anytime now. Fantastic. And have you heard it yet? Uh, I've heard her play. So she played. Uh, she's playing guitar on this one, not not piano. So she it's more drums too. Now she taught herself I mean, how to she, play drums. <laughs> plays everything but uh yeah yeah uh it's more of a like a more of a rock kind of thing but she played some some of the stuff uh at a book release thing for my my music book because she's in it i have stories about her i've got stories about bill mckay many many other great guy yeah i got a silver juice thing in there uh there's a lot smiling bill mckay yep yeah Yeah, bill i've known for over 20 years he's a really good friend yeah i love that guy I've only known him for like you know in person for like ninety minutes of my life, but mm. just a great character. He just did uh, he did all the music on that new um, the drag drag cities doing they're ro- slowly rolling out this thing with uh, Callahan and uh, Oldham. Oh, right. Right, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, right. Uh, and he, he did all the music thing, on their the cover heavy, of the uh, heavy hitters. The heavy yeah, hitters. Yeah, well, yeah, they did uh, Deacon Blues and uh, McKay did all the guitars on it. Mm. Good choice. Morse came out, I think last week or the week before more steely. Currently the house guitarist of, of drag city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, he's, he's a, I mean, he's a, he's a master. Yeah. 
I mean, and keep in mind, uh, Drag City is also the master of the slow rollout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyways, I'll take us to um, south of the border. Um, huh? A band that's very current. They've been around since 2010. Um, uh, young people from Ecuador, who I, I believe have relocated to the great city of Mexico City, the Distrito Federal. And uh, this is a band called This is Some Sexual Magic for You Guys on this Ooh. winter evening. Um, I guess it's a late autumn evening, but it's a band <laughs> called um, Sexores. And um, the song's called Decretism, which is the ability to send irresistible mental commands and desires. <laughs> and it's off there. Um, it's, we're we're going to play some music from 2021. Ooh, ooh. Uh, this this comes out a from the future. Of, yeah, from the future. So from an album called Salamanca, ooh. and um, featuring the brilliant talents of their singer and guitar player, the wonderful Maria Emilia Bahamonde Noriega. And this song is called "Decretism" by Sexores. <laughs> delicate little song there yeah they're a band that like um they kind of used to wear their influences on their sleeves and as they've gone along like it's kind of interesting like some bands do their sort of like strangest stuff first and then get more normal they've kind of like they keep getting more and more odd 
Yeah, um, like I can't really pin down any influences there. I mean, I guess. And the whole record's that way. Every song sounds like wildly. I mean, it's pretty crazy. And um, but uh, I just think it's a pretty cool. And we were talking like before the show started, like you know when bands self-release because this is a self-release mm-hmm. um from a band that it has a following mm-hmm. um but they've made a hundred copies so like we were talking with dimitri about books and like his, his current book like how many copies did you make the most so, recent one uh there's actually a couple more after the music one but each of the last three are in an edition of about 800 and i've signed and numbered all of them uh Good going move. from Going from the kind of limited edition, you know, like record kind of or print kind of model. Sure. That's kind of what that's where I'm coming from with it. But uh, do you have a distributor or like? Well, uh, <laughs> did you mention the website, which is your name.com, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's Dimitri a store. Dimitri Samarov with a Y. Dimitri Samarov.com. And there's a yeah. store button the on there. The M to the I to the T to the R to the Y to the S to the A to the M to the A to the R to the O to the V.com. You got it. Good, Bob. <laughs> follow, follow the bouncing ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the bouncing Bob. The bouncing Bob. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the music to my eyes uh, was sort sort of co-produced with a small local publisher named Tortoise Books, uh, and they have their own website. But uh, I've got most of the books in my house <laughs> because uh, it's a co-production and. I found the the printer in Michigan, and you know, I did a lot of the legwork, and I've I've sold most of these books. <laughs> oh, fantastic! So you've done well. Uh, it's it's uh, it's coming to the end of the run. Uh, I mean, it's been about a year and a half, and the this uh, COVID thing has definitely slowed things down. But uh, I was hoping well, people to. People don't so- have money to spend, do they? And like, because like you know, I always think like because I put out records on Brooklyn mm. Tip, and like, you know, obviously a lot of the music on my label is sort of dependent on the live performance and um with books it's not and like you know people's budgets are tight um yeah i i mean i found people have been very generous to me with other stuff with art stuff during this lockdown i've actually done not bad consider uh but uh you'd like to do better i mean like you know but with the book the thing is that since I don't really have a real distributor and I'm fighting this. So unlike the music industry in, in books, there's basically one distributor called Ingram. And it's, it's sort of like the death star of publishing. Oh, it's, I didn't know that. What is that about? What's it called? Ingram? Like, Ing, like, I like James Ingram, <laughs> you know, but, but less, yeah, less smooth, but yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's basically, if you do a search on any like, "Quote unquote independent bookstore site for the, like their inventory." You do the little search box. What 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 you're getting is the Ingram catalog. Mm. There and it's it's bigger than for books. It's bigger than Amazon. It's really the only game in town. Mm. And if you're not on there, you don't exist. Oh, how weird! You're yeah. invisible. These are and, things that you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what I've come up against. So I basically hand sell these books either through my, my site or in person or to local bookstores or by cold calling little stores that'll take a chance on something that's not in there within a few clicks mm-hmm. so it's been yeah. quite an education 
So, uh, so the music book was put out in conjunction with this other guy uh, who runs Tortoise Books. But then I put out in the last uh, year, year and a half, two more books just by myself because I figured out since I did all the kind of legwork of finding the finding the 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 printer up in Michigan and everything and the format, I designed the books myself. You know, I went up. And I rented a car and picked up all the boxes of books, you know, to cut down on the shipping fees. Yeah, sure. sure. So it's an investment up front, but per unit, it's much, much, ends up being much, much better than uh, doing print on demand, which is how most books these days are made. Right. So how they're made them, is, What do you sell them for, like, on the website? 20 bucks? 20 bucks. Yeah. They're 20 bucks. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I've got a couple other books. One of... one is sort of uh, details all my cab adventures, and the other is uh, like a childhood memoir about coming from the Soviet Union and getting into art and stuff. Cool. Yeah, they're all on there. Yeah. Well, check it out, DmitriSamaroff.com. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and uh, I'll post after the episode, once people are listening to it, I'll post some of the, the sketches that you sent along for even cool. some of the bands that we're talking about tonight. That was cool. That uh, Bob, what, what was that band called again from Ecuador? Um, Sexores, uh, S-E-X-O-R-E-S. Yeah, yeah they, they had a vibe. Sexores. Very uh, dreamy. A... Is the whole yeah, album kind of like that? There's, um, no, it's just, it's kind of all over the place. Like you know, some of it's a bit noisier. Um, it's it's very sultry. Like you know, kind of like a it's kind of a gorgeous listen, really. Hmm. I mean, they're sending irresistible mental commands and desires, mate. <laughs> Yeah, yes. that, that the last bit with, the, with just her vocal just sounded uh, kind of like she was trying to hypnotize, right? A bit, for sure. Well, it worked on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I like. I'll, I'll check them out. I've got, I'm on Maria Amelia's side. They've been. You said they've been a band for a little while now. Yeah, about ten years. Okay. And All they right. play out, and they do like. Um, you can check them out on the um, YouTube and stuff like that. Um, in the band camp, it looks like sex stories. Yeah, band camp. Yeah, they got a lot. There's a lot of stuff on there, and they're they're freaky, man. I like. It. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for the tip. It well, take you to a warmer place. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you across the Atlantic to France to Paris, oh, yeah. uh, and go back to the mid 70s, late 70s, 1977 to be exact. Um kind of french punk rock first wave punk rock um i guess they were contemporaries of metal urbane um the legendary punk french punk band uh i'm talking about a band called marie et les garçons yeah that's correct yeah yeah and they released um well they released a seven inch and 12 inch in 1977 I'm gonna play something from that. They they um, later got reissued on Celluloid Records and Z Records. Um, they weren't a band for very long, but I think uh, they were somewhat influential. And they kind of they were taking the New York scene and um, really running with it in France at the time. And bring it Marie, on. Marie in the band name is Marie Girard, who is actually the drummer. Um, she was not the singer. She was not the, the front person or anything like that. She was the drummer. 
and then when she left the band, they just continued on as garçons. So, yeah, makes I'll, sense. Yeah, I'll play I'll play a song from their first EP. Um, this is the title track called Rien à dire, I think is how you say it. I don't know. Maybe it's not. I can't speak French, but here you go. This is the title track of our new album. <laughs> <laughs> like they never said that. from france i think my uh high school french uh kicked in belatedly i think rihanna deer means nothing to say i'm pretty sure 
Uh, there you go. Oh, I had no idea. Translations on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see what you mean about the New York part. Yeah, right? It's like the Heartbreakers or something. Well, and yeah. you know, they would they covered television, you know. I was like, going to say that's what I heard. I heard plenty of yeah. television vibe. at the time, yeah. Um they were covering the Modern Lovers, you know, I mean Ooh. in 76, 77, 78, they had their finger on the pulse of what was going on. They were just importing it to France. Yeah, bringing the style. That's right. Um, Good record, good band. Um, Wish they had done more, but we have probably about, you know, it's been, there have been compilations and reissues and some live cuts released. Maybe like about 20 tracks available. That first EP is where it's at. Cool, man. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I think Dimitri, you are up next, All right. my man. Yeah, I think I think it's my my, my last uh, last selection coming up here. That's I think. right. Yeah. So this this is a, a band called the Mute Duo uh, from Chicago. They're they're friends uh, and uh, they've put out uh, two two recordings, uh, a self self released CD a few years ago, and then. Early this year, uh, a, a vinyl, an LP called Lapse in Passage, which I did all the artwork and uh, sort of graphic design for. And uh, sadly, yeah, like like so many bands this year, they were they were one of the last gigs canceled in Chicago. They were going to have their record release like in the middle of March. They Dude, got canceled blows. like That's a couple blows. of days before it happened. It it really was, you know the. The rug was slipped from under them. You and know? People were looking forward to it, like you know. They're oh yeah, yeah. They were. It's like you know, like the they, mute they, duo. They, like, how many people are going to go see the mute duo for the record release? A couple hundred, like. I don't know if that many, but uh, they were. You know, they they landed some good opening gigs, and they had some momentum. They got some decent press and stuff, and uh, you know, it was all taken away. It was all gone. It'll but, be back, man. Yeah. So these guys are uh, they're very good friends. Uh, so it's uh, Skylar Rowe on percussion and uh, Sam Wagster on pedal steel, and they both add sort of organ and other sound effects. Kind of it's all instrumental music. Uh, Badass. Uh, yeah, it's 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 great stuff. Uh, I'm I'm a really big fan. I'm really honored. And this this from an out like a full length album. Yeah, it's a full length album called Lapse and Passage. I, I chose. A shorter piece because some of their pieces go six or eight minutes. This is a shorter one, and it's got it's got more uh, organ and stuff than some of the other. Some of them are kind of sparer and just have percussion and and uh, pedal steel, but this has got some other sounds on it. But give it a listen and see what you think. Cool, thank you. Dallas yeah. and the Dog Days. Dallas and the Dog Days. Yeah. Thank you. 
also dreamy. Some dreamy music going on this evening. <laughs> yeah, the mute duo. Yeah. I love that. Cool. Yeah, and yeah, they. I think there's. They put out like 500 of that. The vinyl, and you can get it on uh, Bandcamp through American Dreams. It's a small label in Chicago. Yeah, they have um, decretism. They've got the ability to send irresistible mental commands and desires. (laughs) (laughs) You you got to pay a couple of bucks extra for that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you got to start working that into your regular vocabulary, Bob. Premium. (laughs) Well, more power to them when they get their act up and humming again. Yeah, and they're uh, both those guys are in like three or four or five other bands, like so many, you know, active musicians. Uh, Sam plays with Azita. Actually, he played played in Azita's band for a while, and Skyler's in a bunch of other bands. So yeah, they're... so they've all been shut down. All, all their music's been shut. Down. Yeah, now, yeah. Is live music like um, in any context um, started again in Chicago? Not yet, right? There's a couple of places that try to do it like very limited there's a place called constellation which is mostly a jazz place that held uh concerts for like you know a quarter capacity or so and where you have to wear a mask and stuff and i went to a couple of those and it was very strange i mean it was good to have something but it, it definitely wasn't you know what because so i think i would think like the mute duo would sort of be ideal for that like kind of social distancing audience you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's not yeah, you know, it's, it's not the cheater slicks. It, is that what you're saying, Bob? It's not. Yeah, the, no, I'm saying it's like you know, <laughs> yeah, or like you know, just you know, a lot of things like mm-hmm. you could sit right with yeah. your party of four right. at a table, socially distanced, mm-hmm. and have them up on stage and have the same experience you would have would have had in 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 trouble is, yeah, I mean, here in Chicago, space is space. Yeah. And there's only a couple of places that were even attempting to try it, and I don't know if they scored any of those gigs. Uh, I know they recorded some stuff for streaming, you know, but uh, I don't think they've played a, a live gig since, you know, uh, February or something. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, they'll be back. Those yeah. days. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, Anyways, thank you. I'll finish my part of the the show tonight with a band called Numbers. Not to be confused with many other bands called The Numbers and any other <laughs> thing like that. This is, a, this is the San Francisco band that started around the start of this excellent millennium. And um, <laughs> this is, uh, I'll, I'll talk about the band afterwards, but um, it's a three-piece band called Numbers. And this is off their 2005 album called We're Animals. And the name of this is on Kill Rock Stars. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the uh, name of the song is, instead of being um, decretism, is very direct. This is the Fuck You Garage. <laughs>
angular punk post punk there, huh, Bob? Yeah, Indra Dumas, the singer. She's in a band called Peaking Lights with her husband. That the guy Eric, who plays the keyboards on that, who's a master of the Moog or the Moog, however you want to say it. I kind of invented his own modification of like an old school synthesizer thing, which he calls the Berserk. <laughs> and um, it's a band that kind of like um, it reminds me of Schwervon on Broker's Tip and um, mm-hmm. Lithic. So I've played on the show and, sure. you know, obviously the, the guitar player, Dave, I think kind of brings like kind of a gang of four guitar vibe to the whole scene and uh, just a really cool band from the early part of the millennium and um, kicking ass, man. Yeah. They're a band I've heard of, but never really heard. How many records have they had? Are they still... A handful. No, I think they're defunct. Okay. Yeah, as far as I know. I think um, Peaking Lights, you should check them out. They're not like that, but um, she's a good singer. And um, yeah, just just a band, man. Just a band. Numbers. (laughs) Just a San Francisco band, man. No, I, I... I appreciate it's it. Not much to say, you know. That's it's a okay. Garage. It's okay. Um, what? When was that? When was that one from? Two thousand five. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We're animals. The name of the album. The whole album's good. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Uh, well, I'm going to stay in San Francisco, but I'm going to go with a bit of a different style. Uh, and, and, and this is a band that was around. I'd prefer in... it if you stayed in that style, actually. If yeah? you could. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you know, hear me out, Bob. I think you, uh, you, you I, I hope you'll like the song. I think you'll like the song. Um, who cares if I like it or not? Uh, you, know? you know, I do. Uh, part of. I mean, I care more if Dimitri likes it. He's on well, here tonight. Dimitri like, too. You know, I have to live with you, like you know. <laughs> what I what what I do is I bring songs that I think you'll like that we can talk about and I think that the people listening might like as well. That's the whole point of the show. Yeah, I mean so. it does make waves like, you know, I, I mean I play up, you know, play things that that you haven't liked and, you know. Right, of course, of course, but but I mean Dimitri's 3 for 3, so my, like we can my like, goal... you know he's good at the, and so was uh Fred, you know. My, yeah, exactly. My goal is to, to play things that <laughs> that's very generous. That, that very generous. You might yeah. enjoy. So, so here you go. The, the, You're having a good is, game at the plate, uh, Dimitri. You know. Just, oh, yeah. Along those lines, this was a band, uh, at least in the San Francisco area, was relatively successful, or at least um, played quite a bit and released a number of records in the mid to late '80s into the early '90s. They're called the Sneeches, kind of guitar pop band. Uh, either of you familiar with them? At the all? Sneeches, which is S N E E T C H E S. Correct. Sneeches. Yeah, I mean, I think named oh, after new to me. Named after the yeah. Dr. Seuss character. Mm. And they were on Alias Records around the same time that the Yola Tango. Um, what is it like? Oh, I, I, sing with me, something. Sing with me. Like 1990 when they released May, May I Sing With Me? That's right. That That's the one. So they were label mates with them at the same time. Um, of course, Alias was San Francisco-based, so it makes sense. Um, and they released a number of 7 Inches and LPs and then just kind of faded away. And, I mean, I looked today on um, Spotify. They get like 500 plays a month, which is 
like nothing. You know, I mean, we won't talk about it. That means they made like four bucks. Exactly. We want to talk about it like mm. a forgotten band. Um, it's the Sneetches, but they 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 made a number of really good records, really literate, well written guitar pop songs that still sound good today. Um, you know, they they did a, they do a cover, the re- really good cover of. Uh, a Neil Young song. Um, I for, I'm forgetting the, the name of the track, like "Flying Near the Ground." Do you guys know that one? Mm. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to play that one. I'm going to play a song. I called... mean, I know plenty of Neil Young experts that I lean on for Neil <laughs> Young. Yeah. Um, I can't call myself one. You okay. know, like it's. Um, That's fine. That's I like okay. Neil Young. It's... Um, but I just like. I, it's just one of those artists where, and we'll get Dimitri's input on this, of course, but like there's, he's so adored that I just like, I know the hits. I kind of lean on my, lean on for, you know, my, because you're always like within a hundred feet of a Neil Young fan. That's right. Like, like you yeah. can't swing a dead cat without hitting a Neil Young fan. Yeah. I, I've got, I've got a couple of records that I really like of his, but I mean, he's made so much. I, and, but you know, I can listen to "On the Beach" anytime, right? Uh, right. And on repeat. Yeah. And if I start listening to it, I may want to listen to it two or three times in a row. Uh, but that and maybe Zuma are the only ones that I would do that with. Uh, but I'm I'm not. But it's never not like, not welcome. Like you never like you know. After the gold rush, off, I love after the, the gold Young rush. Day, yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, anyway, we're talking about the Sneeches, and we're not the, even going to hear the Neil Young cover. The Sneeches, you know. <laughs> I did find their Neil Young cover. It's called Flying on the Ground is Wrong. Check it out. It's, okay. worth, it's worth hearing. It's a, it's a very good cover of, of a well-written song. But this one that I'm going to play is called The Dog in You uh, from the Sneeches. Um, early 90s, Yeah. <laughs>
never see the dog in you. Pleasant little song. It's yeah, very ar- happy. I mean, it yeah, 60s harmonies kind of stuff. Yeah, little flaming groovies too, uh, mm. you know, like shake some action. And I think they're a band that live kind of packed more of a punch, and I think they toned it down a little bit more for the recordings. I think I think it was, to me, it was very early 80s as opposed to early 90s. Like, yeah. to me, it was more like um, game theory, let's active, mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. You know, well crafted, absolutely like pop songs with like a you know really skilled guitarist and like yeah, I mean right. yeah, and, and it maybe, seems like maybe that's why they're a little forgotten. They were a little out of their own time, even at the time. Hmm. Um, but just like a lot of really good songs. Uh, I wonder if they were even like older. I don't even. I mean, like, because that sounds like just kind of mature you know yeah. like uh yeah i don't know they formed in 1985 um okay so yeah so that would be their tie-in like it just sounds so 80s to me like yeah which is not a bad thing believe no. me i mean no not at all um you know and you could still find their records I mean, there's like they're they're relatively available uh at reasonable prices um which is nice but uh you know, just a good band, solid band. Yeah, the Stitches, man. Yeah. Cool. Anyways, great show. Yeah, this was yeah. fun. Yeah, this, sorry about my technical fun. difficulties. That's part for the course. It's okay. You know? No one, no one that's listening. No, the audience at home will never know. Exactly. Uh, yeah, halftime. Well oiled machine. I seem to sort it out. Like I, you know, got uh, the wrong pizza delivered, so I kind of freaked out over that. <laughs> that was. <laughs> other other than just, you talking about it right now, no one's going to even. Know I accepted the other guy's <laughs> toppings, and it's like you know that's fine. And like, yeah, you got know, to freak me on again. Like, fine talk about what yeah. he ordered. You know. We can talk about our other shitty day jobs the next time, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, what I'm thinking is, it's like, you know, I, when I was a bus driver, like, the, the cab drivers were rivals. I'm happy to see, like, after all these years, we're getting along now, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there was, yeah, there was, there was rivalry. I had the bus drivers, and then I had the bike couriers. The, oh, yeah, the, same thing in New York. Mortal yeah. enemies, yeah. Yeah. And no, pedestrians. Keep in mind, we were always bigger than you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the whales of the... 
of the ecosystem of the road. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to hit us. <laughs> <laughs> You'll lose. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyways, yeah. Let- thanks very much, Dimitri. Thanks for reaching out and fantastic. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Last thing, said, last thing I'll say show, about the so. Sneeches, which I should have said earlier, you know, because we're wrapping up. They were they were in the UK. They were on Creation Records, so that should give ah. you a sense of of kind of the vibe that they had going on at the time. Yeah, fantastic. Um, but yeah, thank you, Dimitri. Absolute pleasure. Um, thank you so much, guys. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have Dimitri back and Fred like uh, anytime. Like when 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 all of my. Um, stuff breaks you know like mike's got you know the tech the technology's all breaking your ipad's dying my heart yeah, everything's dying breaking, yeah know, like, we'll 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 muddle through we'll do we'll do something and i would i i also have to say every one of the guests we've had on is better than me <laughs> no that's not what i was gonna say at all i was gonna certainly say more knowledgeable every more, one of the guests more we've together, had on more is is yeah. someone i would ask back so yeah. we have well yeah, I mean, you guys set the table, so it wouldn't happen without you. And so you you, you make the the guests look and sound good. <laughs> yeah, we we try our best. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you, Dimitri. <laughs> thanks for thanks for bringing a lot to work with. And again, like uh, for, for the holiday season, if you're looking for a a nice gift for somebody, go to dmitrysamaroff.com and buy his books. Yeah, if you need a or one of, his of your books. dog or cat or your a wayward husband or something. I, I could do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, I mean, I've got a beautiful corgi. I'm sure you could do a wonderful portrait of him. Oh, Mr. Ghost. Yeah. Yeah, I would so. love to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. It'll be a nice gift for the wife. And hopefully she doesn't hear that. Maybe, you know, I'll, I'll contact you after the show. Okay. <laughs> All right, thanks. Thanks very much. You guys. Thanks, Take care. Guys. Lo- love night. you both. Really appreciate Bye. it. Um, everybody stay safe, stay healthy. And, uh, Thank you all for listening.